It's amazing to me what prayer has meant to me in my life, in my 20s, and now what it means to me in my 70s. Looking back over my life, I see all the influential people and situations for which I give a great deal of thanks and gratitude. And even here in Advent, I've come up with yet another means to help me grow closer to my Lord and God. Hi, I'm Judy Shepherd, retired associate member in the North Alabama Conference. When our bishop challenged us to read through a book of scripture in Advent, I decided to take that challenge. And since the lectionary gospel is in Luke, I decided that was a good place to start. You know, it's amazing the one-liners I found. These are the ones which I wasn't so certain of the meaning. And so I decided to dig a little deeper to see what they meant. I've read these one-liners a lot and either just brushed over them or assumed I knew what they meant. But somehow, this time reading through, these one-liners stood out for me, and I was more challenged to dig deeper to see what they meant. You see, context is very, very important. And what spoke to a culture of people 2,000 years ago is very different from what that one-liner says to us today. For example, think about this. If 2,000 years from today, in the year 4022, we are looking at TV blurbs. Yeah, I know we probably won't have TVs then, but just, hey, just stick with me right now and let's just see what we come up with here. If we look at this TV blurb and we see a segment from the nightly news, and then we see a segment from Saturday Night Live on the nightly news. Now, they're both portraying the same situation. But we know in 2022 that the nightly news is showing what's supposed to be facts, and Saturday Night Live is a satire on the news. Think how differently it would be understood if they were paired together. And for me, it's the same with these one-liners that we see in Scripture. The first one I want to go to, and I want to share some of these with you, comes from the seventh chapter, and it's when Jesus is talking about John the Baptist. And he says in verse 28, chapter 7, I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And I sat there and I thought, now what is what, what, what are they really talking about? I know that John the Baptist knew the kingdom of God was coming, and he saw it in his own lifetime. But then those of us who are here on this side in the kingdom of God right now, we have already seen the kingdom of God come. And so we know it's here. We've already seen it. And we know a little more than John the Baptist did. Then read in uh, chapter 8, Jesus is talking in the, about the parable of the sower, and he says to the disciples, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now here Jesus is explaining why he talks in parable. But why is he making it to where we can't see and we can't understand? I think it's so that we will dig a little deeper. I think that's so we can study and we can learn and we can 
find the context and we can see what it is saying to us today. Because then he goes on and he explains to his followers what the uh, parable exactly means. But that zinger, that one-liner is there right there in the middle. And I think that's there for us, that we need to dig if we're going to understand what Jesus means. We can't just read what's here on the written page and, and understand what's going on. We have to read and study and dig deeper. And then you look in the ninth chapter, the uh, 62nd verse, and it says, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. We have to know that, first of all, Jesus is talking to a farming community, and if they are plowing and they look back, the plow can go crooked, and therefore the grain or whatever is being planted is planted crooked. And so therefore, when it starts to grow, it comes up and it has a lesser yield because the rows are crooked. So what does that mean for us? Well, putting your hands to the plow means to start a new business, to start a new cycle, make a new start. And for those of us, it means to start a new life, a new life with God, a new life in Jesus, a new life in the kingdom of God, a new life of discipleship. And so when it says, don't look back, that means don't backslide. Don't take our eyes off the prize. Don't just talk the talk. We need to walk the walk. And now these are just a couple that jumped out at me and there's many more. So what did I learn here? And I learned that I need to continue to study and dig deeper. I've used these questions from Ann Graham Lotz, Billy Graham's daughter, a lot for Bible study. And so now I thought I'm going to incorporate them into my prayer time as well. And so I take a piece of scripture and I read it until there's that one liner or that passage that I may not quite understand. And then I follow with the questions. The first question is, what does the passage say? Now, instead of writing out the whole passage that I read, I just write out that one-liner, that one that I'm not so certain that I understand. And then I ask God to reveal it to me. And then I go to the second question. What does God's Word mean? What spiritual lesson or spiritual principle did I hear? What did that one-liner say? What did, it, what did it mean for me today? And so here's where I have to dig. I have to dig and and look into commentaries, and I have to look into more than just one. Not I go into multiple commentaries, and I see what they're saying and what the meaning is in the the context of the time that it was written to these people. And for the book of Luke, it was written in the year 80 to 90, so I know it's written to people in that time frame. And so I think, what was happening then? Well, I know that in 70 AD, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed, so I know there's not a lot of peace between the people of faith. We know the diaspora is there, and we know the people are scattered. And maybe one reason the book of Luke got written at this point was because with the people being scattered and not all together, to be able to use the oral tradition weekly to talk about their faith, it needed to be written down to be preserved. Then I go to question number three. What does God say to me in my life? And this is formed into a question. 
If I don't apply these truths to my life now, the Bible just becomes a stagnant book, which only speaks to the people at the time in which it was written, and in this case, 80 AD. How is God trying to get through to me now? And so here I sit, and here I listen. Sometimes I come up with a question. Sometimes I come up with a couple questions. And then I go to question number four, and the last one. What's my takeaway from this passage? What will I do to live in response to this one-liner? How will it be applied to my life? Now, I know this sounds a lot like study, but for me, with me incorporating it into my prayer time, the basking with these questions, it allows me to sit in silence and to be in God's presence. I'm grateful for how reading scripture to a point of a one-liner has become a new practice for me. It has made me more aware that these passages, which I think I know, maybe I don't, and I need to delve into a little bit deeper. The joy for me is in pursuing God through his word, his living word. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you for the different methods of prayer. Thank you also for calling me to this method here and now. When I listen in prayer, I find you will draw me in ways in which I can become closer to you. Thank you, Lord. I love you and I trust you. Hineni, which is Hebrew for here am I. Amen and amen.